It's Monday, October the 26th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by Raytheon Technologies. Coming up, Europe battens hatches and America not going to control the virus. First, the world in brief. Spain's government declared a six-month state of emergency and introduced nighttime curfews as the country tries to rein in a second wave of COVID-19 infections. France and the Netherlands chalked up record numbers of daily infections, around 52,000 and 10,000 respectively. Italy, meanwhile, announced that cinemas, swimming pools, theatres and gyms will shut. Poland's president and Bulgaria's prime minister tested positive for the disease. Mark Meadows, the White House Chief of Staff, said that America is not going to control the spread of the coronavirus and should concentrate on speeding the development of a vaccine and treatments. The country broke its record for new infections, counting more than 83,000 a day at the weekend. Senior members of Vice President Mike Pence's staff were among them. Chinese officials discovered another 137 new COVID-19 cases in 24 hours in the city of Kashgar, in the northwestern region of Xinjiang. All of the new infections were linked to a garment factory in the city. They are the first cluster of local infections found in mainland China since mid-October, when one was detected in the eastern city of Qingtao. A fresh round of fighting erupted between Azeri and Armenian forces in the mountainous enclave of Nagorno-Karabakh, even as an American-brokered ceasefire is due to come into effect today. The region in Azerbaijan is populated by ethnic Armenians. Both sides accuse each other of blocking progress towards a cessation of hostilities. Chileans overwhelmingly voted to rewrite the country's constitution in a referendum. The current version was devised under Augusto Pinochet, Chile's erstwhile dictator in 1980. It is regarded as being too pro-market, particularly in areas such as healthcare, schooling and pensions, cementing the rich-poor divide. Many think it also grants the president too much power. An opposition candidate won the Seychelles presidential election for the first time in 43 years. Wavel Ram Kalawan, a former Anglican priest and candidate of the Seychellois Democratic Alliance Party, won 54.9% of the vote with a promise to raise the country's minimum wage. The defeated incumbent, Danny Four, took 43.5%. And Lee Kun-hee, a South Korean entrepreneur who transformed Samsung from a minnow to a global giant in electronics, died aged 78. He had spent more than six years in hospital after a heart attack in 2014. Under his tenure as chairman, Samsung's revenues rose to reach 327 trillion won, $290 billion in 2019, or around 17% of South Korea's GDP. And now, here's today's agenda. Novel justice. The Senate votes on Barrett. Today, America's Senate will vote to confirm Amy Coney Barrett to fill the Supreme Court seat that opened when Ruth Bader Ginsburg, a liberal justice, died 38 days ago. Miss Barrett, aged 48, is a deeply conservative appeals court judge who favours gun rights and opposes abortion. Her ascent to America's highest court will tilt its ideological balance, establishing a 6-3 right-leaning majority for the first time in nearly a century. The Senate is expected to vote 52-48 to 48 in her favour, with just one Republican, the moderate-minded Susan Collins of Maine, against. Miss Barrett will don her judicial robe during an election campaign whose result President Donald Trump says will be contested and end up in the Supreme Court. If she does not recuse herself from election-related cases, 
Miss Barrett's could be the key vote in adjudicating disputes over mail-in voting rules in hotly contested states such as Pennsylvania and North Carolina. Speak now. The LVMH-Tiffany merger. The European Commission is expected to give its blessing today to the acquisition of Tiffany, an American jewellery brand by LVMH, a French luxury giant. Although LVMH initiated the $16.2 billion deal last autumn, its executives are unlikely to celebrate. They have been searching for an exit from the merger since coronavirus fears caused weddings to be cancelled and sent the market for rings and other luxury baubles into decline. LVMH's lawyers have offered an array of excuses to justify the change of heart. They have argued that the pandemic's adverse material impacts void the deal and have accused Tiffany's bosses of mismanagement. Tiffany, meanwhile, remains committed and has sued LVMH in Delaware for enforcement of the company's pre-pandemic valuation. American antitrust regulators have already waived the deal through. And with the commission expected to concur today, LVMH may soon learn that diamonds are indeed forever. New Dogs, Old Tricks Samsung after Lee Kun-hee When Lee Kun-hee, who died yesterday, took the reins at Samsung from his father in 1987, the South Korean conglomerate was known for making cheap televisions and microwaves of dubious quality. By the time he disappeared from public view in 2014 after suffering a heart attack, it was a global leader in the production of smartphones and computer chips. Mr. Lee was famous for his unforgiving management style, at one point ordering the public burning of a pile of phones and fax machines to emphasise quality control. He was convicted of bribing the president and evading taxes, but in a pattern typical of the cosy relationship between Jabul, family-run conglomerates and government in South Korea, received a political pardon in both cases. Lee Jae-yong, his son and the de facto boss of Samsung, is on trial for bribery and stock price manipulation, both of which he denies. If found guilty, he will be hoping the tradition of government favours continues. Diet Debut Suga takes centre stage Yoshihide Suga, Japan's Prime Minister, will address the Diet today as Parliament opens its first new session since he took office on September 16th. COVID-19 will top the agenda. Though Japan has done relatively well at managing the virus, keeping the economy healthy will probably require another round of stimulus. Those extra funds may help Mr Suga's other priorities, such as digitising government services. He is also expected to announce a plan for Japan to go carbon neutral by 2050, bringing its targets in line with those of the European Union. Opposition parties will seek to focus attention on Mr Suga's exclusion of six scholars who have been critical of Abe Shinzo, his predecessor, from a government science advisory body, a move some have called an assault on academic freedom. Questions remain over whether Mr Suga, a consummate behind-the-scenes operator, can handle the limelight. Today will be a big test. Next year in Stuttgart? Germany's Christian Democrats The coronavirus stymied the first attempt of Germany's ruling Christian Democrats to choose a new leader back in spring. The planned party congress, a gathering of 1,001 delegates and various hangers-on, was rescheduled for December 4th in Stuttgart. But Germany's rapidly growing COVID-19 caseload may force the CDU's board to rethink that decision when it convenes in Berlin today. Possible alternatives include splitting the Congress into a series of smaller events around the country, or simply postponing it again. 
three men are standing to lead the party. Armin Laschet, Friedrich Merz and Norbert Rutgen. The eventual victor is likely, although not certain, to lead the CDU and the Christian Social Union, its Bavarian sister party, into next autumn's general election, and after that, to take over from Angela Merkel as Chancellor at the head of a new coalition. The race so far has been dispiritingly lacklustre. A further delay will only add to the sense of drift. Finally, here's the quote of the day from François Mitterrand, who was born on this day in 1916. The youth are not always right, but the society which ignores them and beats them is always wrong. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.